Sir, we appear to have found something. Yeah, what's that? Take a look, please. It appears to be a cursed version of the Inya song. My god. Plate. Uh, sir, I don't... I, I said plate. Yes, sir. By the Vita. Did it just say by the Vita? I, I do believe so. By the Vita. It just said it. Oh my god. It's beautiful. By the Vita. My goodness. Find a spot around the fireplace, you goons. It's time for another tale of Casual Master Quest. Good afternoon, people. Welcome, 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 welcome. Oh, so excited. This is, yeah, another episode of Casual Master Quest. Episode 10, guys. Episode 10. We have hit the first the first threshold. It's fantastic. Double digits, baby. Double <laughs> digits. I'm Tyler. That's Cam. That's Joey. We are here together. We are going to be discussing. That, that's a hard word to say. I always say discussing. Disgusting. And it's like a, I'm disgusted by topics or something like that. Anyways. Yeah, you don't want to discuss disgust. You don't want to <laughs> no. do that. <laughs> no, I used to see us gusting. That was another fun one. Anyways, before I get ADD sidetracked of the complete intro, welcome to Casual Master Quest, episode number 10, the only podcast who knows who is faster at max IV, a Jolteon or Beedrill. Cam, go. Who's faster? Jolteon. By a lot, in fact. As it turns out, uh, Beedrill has horrible speed in comparison, but it makes sense being an uh, you know, uh, early stage bug type at evolution 3 at level 10. It just it doesn't keep up. Yeah, Even though yeah. like a level 10 Jolteon would not keep up with a level 10 Beedrill. Um, unfortunate truth. Anyways, Joey. Joey, you are our guest, baby. How's it going? Hey, it's going pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Oh, man. I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't really hear all that much about you until very recently. I started listening to your stuff. I was like, oh, man, this this guy has a voice. And I was so <laughs> jealous. I'm like, man, this guy sounds like, but for lack of a better term, sexy. And I was like, oh, boy. Lord, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you I know, very my ring, much. I know, right? Appreciate my ring started it. tingling. But uh, <laughs> yes, now he's starting to sweat, too. Yeah, I know, right? Things are heating up in here. There's no sweat rags. Oh, Got to get them out right here early. Uh, Joey, you are the host of the Skyward cast, is that correct? Yes. Yes, yes and uh, that is you and Delvin Cox, if I understand correctly. Mm-hmm. And uh, what do you guys typically discuss on the podcast? Um, well, usually it's um, it's kind of like a topic of the week kind of thing. I mean, every once in a while, well, it'll just be something that... I don't know, whatever topics we can come up with, basically, you know what I mean? Whatever so sounds interesting be, at the time. Yeah, it can be anything from gaming to uh, latest news or just whatever. I just wanted a podcast that I could just get on there and just let my feelings go on whatever topic I wanted to talk about. So, Oh, man, that's the best kind of podcast. Just, I want to talk about something. Let's do it right here and now. We can work out the details later. You are a pop magazine an audio form. I, I will take that happily as a good answer. <laughs> That's exactly what it is, you know, and and of course with, with Delvin, it, it's, it's always interesting. Yeah, he's always, yeah, he's totally a wild card, so, you know. Yeah, he's always, uh, he always has some classic um, hip-hop lines for every yes. episode. Yes, he oh. does. <laughs> he drops flames, man. Like, he's spitting hard. It's and, like, wow, ooh. 
Knowing what he's talking about, and so he's always getting on me. He's like, "How do you not know this song?" It's like that's that's a little before my time, you know. But (laughs) (laughs) but it is what it is. Yeah, I I figured. uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I figured I'd give you a cool plug before I forget because I'm pretty good at that. I am sick as a dog right now. It is not funny. The the fact that I'm able to talk just fine is actually a miracle. I feel like my voice might slip and I'll enter a very terrible virtual modulation of some kind. But that's besides the point. Cam, how are you doing today, man? Pretty great. Pretty great. We just had some recent big game releases, so I've just been hitting that sort of stuff. And yeah, other than that, just same old, same old, playing games. Uh, doing nothing else pretty much you know living the life pretty big game releases uh what games have you been playing man so octopath traveler big game on the switch just came that is, out on friday that's the big one yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. alongside yeah. captain toned uh treasure tracker if you're into that woo i thought we were gonna make a wii u joke for a second there i was just like i'm still waiting for it just a little bit just a little bit i mean this is the first time it came out unless you count the 3ds right uh-huh yeah sure <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah, just same old. So Octopath the Traveler, tell me about it. Is it great? Is it good? Is it short? Is it long? Oh, is there man. eight things going on? Oh, there's eight things going on. That's for sure. I would mm-hmm. say it's actually pretty long. So as far as JRPGs go, actually, this is a lot like a more classic JRPG that you'd see from Square Enix from the Super Nintendo generation. The interesting thing, though, is that they really are pushing less on the story aspect. Like the, It seems almost the interactions between the characters aren't as extreme as you would see in a story-based game these days. However, it's really about the gameplay. It's really about the grinding. It's really about going and, you know, completing the world, exploring the world and very freeform because the idea is there's eight different stories, eight different characters, and you can pick up no matter who you start with eight of those characters and they all have their own stories that you can play in no matter who you start with, basically. And you can just run around like basically you do the tutorial, you do your first chapter, then it completely opens up, do whatever you want in whatever order you want. It's, um, you know, it actually harkens back a lot to earlier games, I feel, just with the amount of freedom it gives you right from the start. All right. So simple man's question, if you could. Yeah. If you you pick up to three total characters, usually for the main quest, right? The whole final playthrough? Four in this case. So you can use four at a time. Okay. Now, could you play four characters and never, ever touch the other characters and complete the game just fine? Or do you have to play all of them eventually at some point? The thing is, I think I can. I think I can, based on how things are progressing. I don't know yet, of course, because I'm not at the end game, but I think that's totally possible. It actually might be what I do for this run, because there's four groups of characters, and some of them definitely fit better with other characters, I would say. You know, you have the situation where there's a you know noble cleric and then a thief, and would it make sense for them to travel together in an RPG right. sort of way? So I might save that for another playthrough and see if I can do it with just four people. So yeah. I mean, I, I played enough Dungeons & Dragons to know uh, that it, it doesn't matter. You, yeah. you could have evil and... Uh, lawful alignments collide with each other uh actually you could have lawful evil but you know evil and good anyways so theoretically you could have up to four completely optional characters that you wouldn't touch in the game if you wanted to uh have we figured out what would happen yet if you were to play all eight at the same time like would you eventually have an eight-man party at the end so you can only carry four people at a time you can switch them as you need needed basically so you can go and play all of the eight stories fully to their completion because each person has its own character chapters what you'll see is really cool is when you open up the world map once you get a character you'll see oh this character's chapter two is over here this character's chapter three is over here and you just do it all in whatever order you want pretty much okay Fair enough. Uh, you said you were going to play as the uh, the Huntress Lady for the main character, correct? Yeah, yeah. so I picked Hanit, who's the Huntress, and she has some summoning mechanics, and I would mm-hmm. say very early, early impressions, but she might be one of the strongest characters right off the bat. 
I've like OP up, territory? Yeah, maybe. Uh, I've picked up three other characters, but the thing is that her utility belt is just so big because her thing is her gameplay is Pokemon, basically, she, or SMT, I should say, where she can capture beasts and then use their abilities as like a summon mechanic, basically. So between that, between like all the things you can get, you can get complete coverage of like every elemental type, every status effect, and every damage type. Really, and she can heal herself, and she can debuff and buff. So she's like alone, probably the strongest. Like she's the most utility, basically. Wow. Okay. Uh, no, is there pretty scary? Is there a second favorite right now, or are you mm. just like loving her specifically? So I've only been playing with four right now. My second favorite so far is Alfin, who's an alchemist or an apothecary, and his is just you know you can mix concoctions based on item ingredients to create oh, things boy. with different effects that hurt or you know help people. But uh, yeah, no, I'm just moving along with that. I got about six hours in, looking to put another eight in tomorrow, hopefully. It, it sounds like there's so much variety in this game. It's ridiculous. Like, it's, yeah. have you hit, hit, excuse me, have you hit any points in the game where it kind of felt like it's vanilla or super straightforward with any of the mechanics? Because honestly, it feels like you could do so many different things in order to progress the story. Yeah, so I know in terms of the gameplay, at least. So when this is actually the same team that worked on Bravely, Bravely Default. And Bravely Default, of course, had the Bravely and Default system where you could store up attacks and make them stronger later or do multiple attacks at once. And yes. ever since then, Square Enix really has really taken a shining to that system. So this has it too. But because of that, it's it you know it, just another layer on top of the traditional JRPG that makes things a lot more interesting. So the gameplay, I feel, is never boring. The best part, honestly, are the battles. So Now, did you play Bravely Default? Yep, I played both of them to completion. Really? So or two uh, are the ones here, because there's a Japanese-only one. So Is there a third one? Okay. Yeah. I played the first one, but then I gave up once I got into the uh, that endless loop. Like, I, <laughs> oh, I yeah. I just couldn't do it. it it's, yep, yep. it's a death sentence. So, yeah, uh, Octopath Traveler. Good game so far. Lots to look into. We'll give you more details, hopefully, next episode with uh, Nick here as well. Yeah. Too, the one thing I would say, just as in summation, is it's a very unique game. Uh, a lot, not like you would things you would see these days. It's very not like anything you would see this day, these days. So uh, if you want something very different, give it a shot. Okay. And I know you stream a lot on Monday and Fridays. What I do notice is every single time, as soon as you're done streaming, I see a little notification pop up that Cam is now playing Jedi Academy. <laughs> yes. So yes, tell me do. about this game, man. What uh, is what's going on here? Is this your uh, cooldown game? No. So Jedi Academy, you know, there's the, the Jedi series of games, right? And they're in the Dark Forces series. It's a big Star Wars series with Kyle Katarn and stuff like that. But Jedi Academy has like the best lightsaber combat, arguably, of any Star Wars game to this point. And nobody's ever topped it. It's just extremely free form. And if you know how to use it very well, it can be really cool. It can look visually really stunning because everything's just so kind of wacky and freeform that the jumps are silly, the movements are silly, and it just turns into a really, really satisfying lightsaber simulator. So it's like really it, fun to just load it up and hit Sith, you know? Is it movie level of, like, just corny uh, da uh, dancing around and whatnot? Or is, yeah. like... I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing because you, you love you know Yoda bouncing around with his uh, lightsaber fending off Emperor's uh, you know his attacks and whatnot. So I, mm -hmm. I can appreciate a good kick out of that. Oh yeah, it's a lot different than uh, say for the the original trilogy where it was mostly uh, staunch poses and you know just trying to outmaneuver each other in swordplay. But uh, definitely uh, changed a lot in the prequels and the uh, the newer ones. But lastly, I'm trying to see what this game is. What is this uh, last game you have uh, on the list here? It's uh, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Explorers of Sky. Just replaying oh. that. Yep. Okay. Uh, uh, 
you've beaten them before then? Yeah, so this is a replay. You know, there was a couple games I wanted to replay pretty recently, and this was just one of them. So, you know, Mystery Dungeon games are always just a comfy time, really. Like, they're actually relatively challenging as far as Pokemon games go, but they're pretty they're pretty comfy. It's a good way to never played one there so mystery dungeons are basically like roguelikes almost so it's a randomly generated dungeon (laughs) the enemies placements random the items are random and you go in with a team of pokemon you move through in a grid-based system and you know beat everything there basically Uh, but it's it's very you don't have to think too too much about it but you do have to be careful because it can get a little hairy with uh unless you don't if you don't use items i should say okay but yeah fun stuff Fair enough. Anything else you've been playing, man? Nope, that's uh, about all this week for me. Okay, I'm going to do a mic check for Joey over here because he has been quiet as all heck. I feel like uh, we may or may not be talking Greek to him right now. (laughs) It's it's a lot of games I've never played. I've wanted to play uh, the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon games, but I never got around to it. I don't don't know why. Um, uh, Is there one that you would recommend to start out with? Yeah, the nice thing is that there's really only there's a ton, right? But only three of them are in this are like sequels to each other almost, but not mm-hmm. sequels in the way that you have to actually play the first one first. So what okay. I'd recommend is probably go for Explorers of Sky. It's an updated version of Explorers of Time and Darkness. It has the first four generations of Pokemon in it, and it has the best story of them. And uh, some people would argue, though, if you want just pure gameplay, Super Mystery Dungeon on the 3DS. But that's a lot more difficult, I would say, too. So probably just go Explorers of Sky. It's a good middle ground, I would say. All right, cool. Thanks. Yeah. I have to add that to my list. And they're only like 16, 17 bucks these days used. So it's not too bad either. I nice. mean, what would you be playing it on? Uh, that would be on DS. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm mostly known for the uh, Game Boy Advance ones, but, you know, if the remakes, you know, would make to the DS and the 3DS. I wasn't sure what. Not the, uh, the mythical Wii U platform or, you know, any <laughs> predecessor. Yeah, Joey, we need to hear about you, man. You are our honored, esteemed guest. I rolled out this beautiful red carpet for you. Now you must make the walk. (laughs) Can you make the walk and tell me what what have you been playing, man? What what's your lifestyle when it comes to video games? Oh, man, when it comes to video games, it's just been pretty much Warframe and and more Warframe. I don't know why I'm addicted to that game. It's just. (laughs) There, there's so much going on and they're always adding updates and I'm just always looking for that next weapon. How am I going to get more platinum? Um, trying to add more um, accessories to make my Warframe look, look more customized, new colors. It's, it's, there's just so much. So I'm just I just been stuck on that. A lot of customization. It stinks. And this is kind of embarrassing. I'm not going to admit it outright, but I'm still going to admit it. There's a strong possibility I have no idea what Warframe is. Oh, what? Yes. You don't know I what know. it is? We've talked about it before. I, I, we've talked about it. I've heard about it. Is this? No, I'm not even going to try to describe it because it feels like I'm going to try to describe uh, like uh, Tebow as the quarterback of a football team. And it's like, oh, gosh, no. What, what are you doing here? Please. You're shooting yourself in the foot. Please stop <laughs> emptying. The, the magazine in your foot you're doing you know terrible <laughs> well it's what, like what is a, Warframe, man? tell me about it, it is a what is it it's a up to four player co-op third person shooter um each uh where you, you play as these uh characters called warframes um it's like they're i don't know i don't want to say suits 
but each of them has their own unique uh, four unique abilities. I mean, you could be playing with a healer, one that has uh, electric abilities, um, one that's like has like ninja abilities, can go invisible, um, can do like you know, like a sneak uh, kill attack with a sword, and, and um, it's like they have elemental abilities where they can create like some can create like rock monsters or. There's, I don't know. There's, there's, there's so many different. Um, I don't know. There's so many different abilities. There's like t- almost thirty frames at this point. So there's. there's is this so a PvP game or is this a PVE? It's it's more PVE. It's like it's like third person Destiny almost. It's the, okay. the similarities between those games is is so. They're so close, but there's so much that I think um, Warframe does a lot better, and it's free. So, and if you're playing Warframe a lot, then there must be something that you're playing particularly with the game done beyond the story, unless you're just playing the story over and over. Is there something like a, a equivalent of a dungeon or a raid that you're doing in Warframe here that you're playing with your friends? Or no, maybe like it's, firefighting? It's, uh, well, I don't, it, it's, it's pretty much what kept me going back to Destiny. Like, it, it's just the loop. Like, there's so much. It's, it's not that I'm really going back to play like raids or, it's I don't know. There, there's already so much content that it's not that I don't really need to fall back on like a raid to to keep it interesting. There's just there's so many planets. There's a whole solar system and different enemies and you know and there's you know you need different damage types for different enemies. So you have to equip different weapons and you know your your loadout has to be different. It's I don't know. It's just that alone. And the fact that I want different mods for my weapons, which make them stronger and my warframes. So I'm going out to collect those. They're like cards and you put each of them on there and different, different sets, you know, make them, make your weapons and warframes stronger. Do, do, do the numbers go up, Joey? Oh, the numbers. Do the numbers oh, go up? Please, please tell me numbers go up. Like yes, the, cooler the numbers. Oh, yes, I going. love I love <laughs> higher numbers, man. I love it. Get me going. Yes. Yeah, well, upgrade gives you a plus sixteen to a, a, a stat. I have no care for. I don't care. That's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm better. You, I've been I've been hooked on that. I've been trying to get my Paris Prime from what is it? Almost uh, two thousand damage to at least two thirty. Or mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just I, it's getting up there slower and slower. But I, I'm. I don't know. I feel kind of like I'm I'm getting addicted at this point. But you, you gotta grind for it though, don't you? Like hard. Like you gotta grind for either chance at it or are you trying to do it's, like a certain material for it. It's uh, you don't have to grind too hard. You just have to get the right uh, materials to level up um, your mods. Um, <laughs> but I mean, there is there is a lot of grinding if you need a specific mod. Yeah, they, they like expect to, to log in a whole bunch of hours unless you're willing to actually drop platinum to buy it straight out. So no, thank you. Yeah, I don't no, I don't do you. that. I can't. So blame that, you. Yeah. In that case, you'd have to go um, find something that's worth platinum that someone's willing to pay for and they will give you platinum for it. Then you can turn around and spend it. And that's what I do. Nice. OK, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. And the uh, the cool thing too, you know, you mentioned early on, you know, the Destiny Two comparison, and a lot of other people do make that comparison too, because a big thing was Destiny Two. A lot of people felt it like it disappointed them, and I think mm-hmm. I talked on an earlier episode about how a lot of people jump ship from Destiny Two to Warframe because of the similarities. But Warframe, like you said, it's a free to play game, and for being a free to play game, has all this amazing content as probably one of the best examples of a free to play game. Uh, even a good comparison point where Destiny Two, I think, had six planets at launch or something. 
something. And Warframe has, I know the number is in the double digits. Do you, do you happen to remember how many like planets are in Warframe? I don't know. I don't know how many planets and, and they're always adding new stuff. Yeah. So it's just, I don't think they've added like a new planet. Twenties or something. So, <laughs> but it's, yeah, there's, there's so much going on in the void and geez, it is, I, I wish a destiny game had that much content. <laughs> Yeah, even no, after all the DLC, it's impressive. Yeah, it Fair is. Enough. Joey, have you been playing anything else, or is uh, Warframe the uh, main dish in your plate there? Uh, I've I've played some other things here and there. Um, there was some. Jeez, I can't remember what else I played. It's, it's been. I know it's like, jeez, you've been playing that much Warframe, you don't know anything else. <laughs> um, no, it's okay. See, I, I was I, playing. Mm-hmm. I play way too much Pokemon, so I uh, I can't play me one bit, dude. Oh man, I, I need to get back into Pokemon. One of these days, the last Pokemon game I played was Y, and I gave up like after a couple hours. I don't know, it just wasn't doing it for me. But uh, it takes a certain vibe for you to get into it because if you force yeah. yourself through it, you know, it, you get burnt out real quick. I learned that with Ultra Moon. Oh no, yeah, that's that's what happened to me. Um. But other than that, I mean, I was playing some Rocket League. Um, okay, have, okay, you're yeah, back. I can work with you here. I know the car. <laughs> Come on, there's a ball. Yeah, it's like like soccer with with cars. Is you know it's, I, that game is addictive. Also, I didn't think I was gonna like it until I started doing off the wall shots and all that stuff. And oh man, I was mm-hmm. sharing my, my clips all over social media. I'm sure people were getting tired for a minute. I still have YouTube videos of me playing with my friend and uh, every time I try to do like an aerial just across the field to try the knock a ball and I forgot what I shouted something along the lines of uh, flying falcon attack and I'd like screech uh, almost horrifyingly as I did it and I don't think they appreciated it. Yeah. I, I got it. Hap- you know, I did it once. So did you get I'm the happy. point though? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. That's all that matters really. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get assists for our, the flying falcon attack. No, uh, I, I should wish. point out for uh, our our you know third team member Nick is currently out of the uh, the box right now. He is currently over in Florida right now for Guardian Con, trying to get some representation for both himself and for the team. He's enjoying a lot of time with uh, fellow streamers, and uh, he will be here next weekend. But right now, Nick, you have as much fun as you can, buddy. I uh, I noticed you're talking about how it was terrible uh, Pokemon going over there. I'm so sorry. Uh, not really. Eh, sucks to be you. <laughs> Hopefully, you get a Lugia. Probably not. Oh well. Ah, those Florida people, though, you, you, you got to watch out for the Lugias and the alligators because they're everywhere. <laughs> the, the alligators don't disappear after 45 yeah. minutes, though. I actually think there's an iguana epidemic in Florida right now, if I remember right. Is there really? Yeah, I saw some news articles about it that I think it was around the Tampa area. There was just too many iguanas and they had to start like systematically like taking care of them. Like they're in the wild, just chilling in trees and stuff like around neighborhoods like they were getting in uh what's it called they were getting in power like converters and stuff and blowing out the oh. power because they'd like, jump in kind of <laughs> like squirrels do sometimes yeah yeah yep. like it was a big thing i saw a couple articles about it like uh the cat from uh national lapoon's christmas <laughs> vacation <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyways uh yes nick i hope to hear from you soon hope to hear all the great things you have to talk about and uh for myself unfortunately i haven't I, i've been playing a little bit of new stuff uh the usual vanilla topic persona persona 4 persona 5 i uh got into the third dungeon of persona 5 i'm currently 26 and a half hours in all right now 
mind you, I'm used to games ending at 10 hours, 15 hours in. So it's like I'm having fun, but like my eyes are sagging at this point. It's like, what's going on? Am I near a final boss? The answer is <laughs> heck no. no There's no final boss. <laughs> Persona 4, which I only get to play when I'm in the truck. So, you know, I'll play for like a couple hours a week. I'm at probably about 10 to 15 hours. I, I'm i happy that I'm at the max relationship status with Chie, but it's like I have nothing to live for at this point. And I'm starting to talk to Yukio or Yukiko, and I'm starting to feel like guilt, or, you know, guilty and dirty at the same time. Like, what am I doing? Yeah, should I just be friends with her? Because I was looking on the guide, and it's like, just don't go on dates on Sunday. Otherwise, they think you're cheating with them, which is yeah. technically very true. That's a mechanic. Be careful. That's definitely a mechanic in the game. Like, be careful. But it's like, why would it let you have multiple girlfriends in that game? That's just... So they can ruin your life when you do. Yeah. I I remember looking up, like, a long time ago. Isn't that something to do with uh, Valentine's Day? You pretty much get uh, screwed over? So, in Persona 4, the Valentine's Day, it's really just heartbreaking. If you're dating multiple people, it gets yeah. just really heartbreaking. In Persona 5, you straight just like, it's a really good scene, but you it, it's not heartbreaking, we'll say. We'll say it's uh, violent, more violent. Oh, violent. Okay. <laughs> I finally have unlocked uh, Sakoto. Mm-hmm. Or, no, sorry, Makoto. 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 Yeah. Makoto Sai. Uh, and she is a lot of a different character than I was expecting. <laughs> she's cool and stuff i looked up her armor and all that she looks sweet when she's introduced to the game she's the quiet collected reserved character when she joins my party at that point she has entered you know the usual persona 5 psychotic breakdown and now she is a motorcycle riding bamp that is like i will not take any answers or orders from anybody that's over the age of 18 for some reason yeah it's like i'm sick of this i'm not gonna you know be quiet i'm gonna do whatever the heck i please and now apparently i have a motorcycle license so let's do this and it's like this is not the makoto i was planning to date this is the makoto i'm gonna still date because i was gonna say it's a better one (laughs) makoto's wild ride essentially yeah this is it's going to be an experience. Yep. The theme of Persona 5 being adults are dumb. So, yes. yeah. <laughs> adults are terrible liars, uh, acronistic, evil, never do wells that have no joy in assisting you whatsoever. In fact, I think the only one person that looks like even, you know, redeemable would essentially be the caretaker. But even then, like the first five, 10 hours, he's like, you're 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 a dummy you don't get in trouble because anything you do is your fault even if you had nothing to do with it then he's like eh, if you make coffee you're cool okay great i'm on neutral ground with my caretaker now but every single other person besides like vendors like what are you buying kid what'd you say oh you know punk (laughs) adults i feel sad that i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) it's okay persona is a japanese rpg that is ungodly amount of hours long and it preaches very interesting views on childs versus adult have you heard the the kids show uh kids next door um yeah yeah i've watched that a long time ago it's a you know the focuses on agents number one to number five for the most part but the focus is you know kids are doing secret agent missions meanwhile Mm -hmm. teenagers and adults are the bad guys and all that and persona apparently saw this or atlas saw this uh sometime in the the mid 90s and said let's completely copy that formula because it works so great anyways i'm not going to talk anymore about persona Battle Chef Brigade. And I'm and not going to he- beat you up over saying it's a KND, uh, what's it called, spinoff, considering the time periods, but... <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I know. I know Atlas and Persona came out well before KND happened. However, 
I'm glad I, you never, uh, fixed that. Yeah, I got to set the record straight. <laughs> Look, Persona 3, I don't know what it's like in terms of that theme. Do, you know, kids are the only thing that can save this world. Adults are dumb. Is that still a thing? Uh, so the Persona games, the thing about them basically is that they all uh, they all take place in very unique settings for an RPG. Usually it's, you know, a fantasy world or sci-fi or something. This is modern Tokyo. So in Persona 3, the themes along the lines of everything sucks, super despair, everything's terrible. It's a really relatively depressing game, um, oh. but fighting against fate, basically. Persona 4 is all basically Scooby-Doo. So it's Scooby-Doo yep. Adventures, yep. you know, gang, we're going to solve the killer mystery, who's the killer. And then Persona 5 is adults are dumb. And we're also mm-hmm. Phantom Thieves. So, yeah. yeah we're, we're, it's so it's like emo kids, Scooby-Doo, and then hipsters. Yep, yep, no, fair. Persona 5, the main character, those those big goofy glasses those are hipster glasses i'm sorry but and they just brewing coffee all over the place like let's be real yeah no it's, yeah, that's the, their their person. main headquarters is a self-made brewing coffee a cafe uh, <laughs> that part is making it sound less and less like something i'd play no <laughs> don't play it don't do it don't do it just run just run just run no, no play chef, play a lot play a lot oh battle chef brigade is totally a game that fellows like cam should play because it is a fantastic game i uh just started it over Battle Chef Brigade, such a good game. Ah, such a good game. I, I didn't think I was gonna like get back into it like I used to because I was like, man, I better play this game before I start preaching it as you know a great game from last year. Because if I do that, wow, we am I gonna be in for a loop? And uh, first things first, realize don't ever play that game with a keyboard. Don't ever play that game with a keyboard. Okay, all right. Because uh, I thought I could do it, but you know, I'm not sure if you played any Puyo Puyo style games. But uh, when it comes to uh, Battleship Brigade, you don't do anything with the mouse. Everything's controlled in the like uh, in terms of uh, movement on the keyboard, which is normal. Oh, okay, but doing right. doing actions and whatnot is also on the keyboard, and it's like it feels weird, even if it's natural in controller. Yeah, so, so I put so the controller in, it felt perfect. And right. I was like, okay, all right, cool. So you know, I did that. Got about an hour, hour and a half in. I actually got it recorded on uh, our YouTube channel, so something to look at for somebody, somebody out there one day, maybe. Uh I don't. It feels very slow paced, and also I noticed they updated it because honestly, it's like I feel like boom, match, 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 match. Everything's all intense action, but I was like, oh yeah, there's actually an impressive story. But I've heard it all already, so it's like I just want to keep going, going, going. But then I started noticing that they've done like new animations and art poses for this game and cutscenes and whatnot. I was like, oh man, they, you know, Adult Swim is really uh, helping these guys push it up quite a bit. I uh, picked up a game called absolver it was a uh playstation plus game on the uh playstation 4 have you touched that game cam yeah i know a good bit about that game actually wait you have yeah i I know a good bit about it i haven't played it myself but i covered it a lot when it was coming out because it had a really unique system in it and uh, i've also been around people playing it for a good few hours i've only played about maybe 20 or so minutes uh that is not my game that is not my game uh, you need to understand a lot about the game before it becomes your game is the thing because the unique thing about devolver or not devolver sorry absolver made by devolver digital red dead revolver no but the publishing company (laughs) is called devolver so there is that but uh yeah so absolver the thing about it is it's a it's a pseudo fighting game in that you learn through playing you can learn new moves that other people in the world have and you make your own fighting style so like the different combinations you have, you make your own combos, you make your own attacks, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's weird, deep learning martial arts, like almost dojo system. And you can start your own dojo as well and have other people. Oh, no. You. No, it's, it's a really cool system. Oh, really okay. Unique, but yeah. 
So if I understand correctly, they let you pick four basic presets of uh, styles of fighting, and then uh, they teach you to learn how to fight from four different positions of that art style. You know, if you want to focus your attacks while facing away from the enemy or to the side from certain directions or full frontal. And then as uh, Cam says, you can customize that even further, almost MMO style to make a completely unique character with a wild fighting style. And my eyes, I was like, I only wanted to put 15 minutes into this game just to get a rough idea. I didn't know what's going on. Yeah, that was not that one. That is a game you got to jump deep. And yeah. that was terrifying given how the, the, the visuals weren't exactly all that appealing. It almost felt like Elan slash RuneScape to me in terms of the quality, but not to crap on it. Cam is this like do you see other people online then because i never got that far uh yes you do so you run into other people all the time and you can either like ally with them or challenge them to a fight and if i remember how the system works it's like when you see a move for the first time that's a move that you're aware of and then once you're able to block it uh, like reliably then you start to understand okay how do i use this move and oh, once so you like, fight it a while you're able to use it yourself it, you remind me of uh yakuza zero kiru where he sees a new fighting style and he was like Oh, and he yeah. looks intently and imagines himself doing it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's really cool. They really just kind of went in the games based around that system. So if you enjoy that fighting system, if you enjoy learning all the different martial arts, it's fun. But it's also, you know, it was a very cheap game. It was 1999 and hmm. it had a physical through some limited run stuff. But no, it was a you know cool game. Devolver Digital puts out a bunch of weird stuff. They kind of just go around to indie devs these days, pick the weirdest stuff they can find. And it, you know, turn out some really unique stuff because of it. But yeah, I'll try to give it another shot then. Yeah, let's say it's free right now on the PlayStation. So if you want to give it a shot, it's you know nice and easy to download. Uh, finally, I wanted and I talked with Nick about this. Or sorry, Cam. He's like, I know I got you mixed up. I'm, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me, senpai. Uh, <laughs> I decided that after watching him play for so many hours, I want to give it a a shot at the Nuzlocke challenge for Pokemon. Yeah. And uh having the 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 Pokemon Nuzlocke master over here, you know, streaming it as a oh, oh he 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 grimaced. Okay. That well, uh, that so is not comforting. It's complicated because like I'll put it this way, right? So, uh when I'm streaming a Nuzlocke, it's not the best I could be doing. That's the thing. So, like, we make a lot of mistakes when we're streaming, like, on the actual Emerald Nuzlocke. There's a lot of mistakes, there's a lot of tension, it's a lot of fun stuff, but it's not me at my best. So, hearing, like, the master, I'm almost like, if other people who do Nuzlocke watch that stream, no, I'm terrible. But I promise that on my own, I do a really good job. I just, you know, you play things up sometimes for the crowd, so... You are having fun, and it looks entertaining while you're interacting or interacting with the audience. That is a master <laughs> to me. You might not be a master Nuzlocke, you a a master Nuzlocke, or sorry, Pokemon Nuzlocke entertainer. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and uh, it inspired me to give it a shot, so I uh, I picked up Pokemon Leaf Green for the Game Boy Advance, and uh, you know, you, you showed me how to use the Nuzlocke randomizer, which was the bane of my existence, trying yeah. to get that set up properly for the first time. I sent it to you and then totally ignored your message where you were like, Cam, are you around to help set it up? <laughs> I deleted it because I was like, I don't want him to look at this because he's going to laugh at me, and it's like, I don't. Like, okay, so the randomizer or, you know, the, the whole program allows you to randomize a bunch of stuff. You can do whatever you want with it and all that. I hit a few buttons, print out a uh, GBA Rama or ROM. Let's go. Something terrible happens. My, the, my first starter Pokemon offered me was a Regice. I'm like, do I do this? I was like, no, that's that's wrong. You can't do this. Okay, let's go. Let's try it again. I pump it out. And suddenly it's Bulbasaur, Squirtle, Charmander. I'm like, what the heck did I do wrong this time? And <laughs> 
you know, then other another time, you know, I I, I forget to load the 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 whole place set the set the uh, the choices for the randomizer, and all of a sudden it's like boom! Suddenly I got a uh, you know a legendary Pokemon for the last option. I'm like ah, come on! And it's it's just getting there, seeing what got set up, make sure everything was right. Finally, I got it set up. There was one time I got set up. I picked a Lotad, and he picked the Geodude, and he instantly murdered me because uh, Lotad at level five knows nothing but Astonish, yep. which isn't all that good against a Geodude who has high defense. No, I you know, should murder me. There is a button. There is a button on that Universal Randomizer to stop legendaries from showing up. So. Yes, I. <laughs> I do not want legendaries to show up unless they're meant to show up because I'm not going to give myself a, a huge unfair advantage. And I sure in heck am not going to let a gem leader have a freaking Mewtwo, you know, sit up in one of his encampments of doom over there. But yes, I, uh, I played for an hour. I recorded it just, you know, maybe as a documentary, like Tyler does his first Nuzlocke challenge for the first time. And so for some reason it offered me a Bulbasaur despite all the other choices. So I said, screw it. I'm going to grab the Bulbasaur anyways. Yeah, things get through sometimes. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure why, but on the randomizer, some things just are like, hey, yeah, that's what they're supposed to have. That's weird. I mean, and it's like, I felt weird because the other option was like a Nidoran and some other random Pokemon. I was like, screw it. Bulbasaur, I, I need a chance against the first guy, which doesn't make sense because it doesn't matter if he has random Pokemon. Brock, Brock is going to have a random team, so Bulbasaur is not going to do yep, anything. So not necessarily, <laughs> yeah, that's very true. So, but uh, yeah, I should break it down real quick, actually, just for people because a lot of people might not know what a Nuzlocke yeah. challenge is. Go ahead. Like me. So, I have no idea what you guys are talking so about. This, Joey, is, this is something you got to get on. Worthy. What is a Nuzlocke challenge? Uh, or what is a Nuzlocke challenge? Master Pokemon <laughs> Nuzlocke Entertainer Cam. So I will say, Joey, this is something you should definitely get on because it really spices up Pokemon in a way that, you know, the games are don't meant. Do it. Just run. No, definitely do it. The games <laughs> no, are don't do it. It's for younger audience, but this is a way to make them a little more difficult. So what you do is in a Nuzlocke challenge, there's like three basic rules. One, you always have to name your Pokemon because you're going to be developing an attachment to them. And the reason why is because you catch the first, first Pokemon you see on every route, nothing else. And if a Pokemon faints, it's gone for good. It's dead. So you can lose the game by losing all your Pokemon. So you have to be incredibly careful. You get random choices because of the randomization of catching Pokemon in grass. You'll maybe your root captures a Pidgey. Maybe it's a Mankey. Maybe it's a Rattata. You never know. And so it's like a random aspect, kind of RNG in terms of what you get. And you have to be very careful with what you get, because if they die once, they're gone for good. Yes. So you got to be careful with it. And I took it one step further where I implemented a game entire wide randomizer where you know I start the game on Leaf Green. You you get the pick between Skrittle, Bulbasaur, Charmander. Suddenly I got Hop Hip, uh, Bamfy, or and uh, you know, some other random Pokemon. It's like, what am I gonna start with here? And it's like it, it's bewildering, and you know, you have to be careful because, like I said, one of the times I accidentally give myself uh, a legendary Pokemon for a starter, it's like, oh, I can't do that. Then you know, I'm gonna be coasting on this guy. Uh, you look like you had a question, Joey. What were you gonna say? Yeah, so what is this on? Like, what are you what are you playing this on? It can be anything. Usually they're self-imposed. So you can just say to yourself, okay, I release a Pokemon when it faints. Like you don't need any mods or anything like oh, yeah. that. But if you want to randomize, then you have to go download a program and use a uh, ROM on an emulator to play the game on your computer. I was going to say, the rule set you can play on a you know a Game Boy or Game yeah. Boy Advance if you really wanted to. But if you wanted to go like two levels in and you want to see, you know, look into the abyss and have the abyss stare back. You know, you get the program. <laughs> Basically, what you do is you'll pop the, uh, for example, the GBA ROM into this program, have it mess with it. 
it'll spit out a second ROM and then you just play that with the Game Boy Advance emulator and it'll read it just fine. Yep. And then you, you know, you realize, oh God, what's going on? Please, please stop. And, uh, but yes, I have a team of a Bulbasaur, a Diglett and a Tyrogue. And, uh, Poison has been my bane. It terrifies yeah. the heck out of me. In every randomizer I've played, Poison, everybody poisons. Everybody poisons. And it's upsetting because it's like the 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 character I like to beat up in the beginning was Nidoran. Nidoran has uh, the ability to inflict poison if you do a melee attack. Yeah. So it's like, I'm in immediate jeopardy within 10 minutes of the game because this <laughs> little Nidoran, he didn't do anything. He just stood there and I punched him right into his poisonous horn. And it's like, what am I doing to myself? So I backed off and went to the next area. Suddenly there's Spinarex. Spinarex, <laughs> I love W's poison sting. It's like, oh my God, my legs. So like, well, why you, you know, he poisons my Pokemon. I switched out to the next one. He poisoned that Pokemon. I switched out. And suddenly I got three Pokemon all poisoned while I'm trying to just murder this guy off and i'm like i'm counting steps just to get back to the pokey center because i can't let these suckers die and it's like i gotta make sure it's like there was one time i got back with two health on three of my pokemon and it's like i i I had three antidote but if i ran out i'm done like there's you can't just walk away from that if you're playing a nuzlocke challenge your pokemon are dead and I don't think Tyrogue is uh, a good Pokemon to have in your team because not for a bit. <laughs> like maybe late game. I don't know when he learns his first move, but right now he has nothing but tackle at level seven, and he's just, he's getting beaten up. Mm-hmm. I'm like most of the Pokemon that are fight, you know, facing me are Spearows and Pidgeys for some reason, and I like I understand the Pidgeys, but it's like it should be random. Give me yeah. some random. Give me up more Diglets or something. Good lord. But yeah, Tyrogue like at level twenty evolves into Hitmonchan, Hitmonlee, or Hitmontop. Is so that you, at twenty? Yep. So you wait for the evolution. You don't wait for moves because you're gonna get like tackle, and that's it. I think. Yeah. Maybe something else. I don't remember. Do I get XP share at any time in Leaf Green? Um, boy, when do you get in? I think you have to. Uh, I think you have to have caught like thirty Pokemon or something right. like that. It's one of the uh, aids gives it to you if you caught. Yes. A certain I wasn't sure if it was the yeah. same in uh, the upgraded version, but. Yeah, if that's yeah. the case. It's going to be uh, the second or third because I think the first is Flash. If you get like catch or get like ten or twenty Pokemon, I don't yeah, remember yeah. specifically. Yeah, because one's item finder, one's Flash, one's that. But yeah, no, Joey, I would definitely like if you want to spice up Pokemon a little bit, get on this because all you need really is your imagination and a Game Boy. You pick it up, you set the rules yourself, you follow them, and you have a new play style basically. Just make sure you have an Enya song ready in case when your Pokemon dies. Then yeah, because uh, that's sad. So you got to play Enya. <laughs> <laughs> like if, if you need a drink just get a drink <laughs> make sure you have a drink in hand yeah for the first time in a long time y'all have me wanting to play pokemon like i haven't been one to pick one of those games up in a long time that's a kind of like a nostalgia trip yep <laughs> i mean we're infectious <laughs> it's hardcore i mean you're infectious cam but like you got me to play nuzlocke challenge and the vita for some reason i don't know what's going on here it it hurts Please make it stop. Okay, so actual metrics, I think I've actually gotten about 10 people to buy a Vita and 20 people to play it more. Okay, well, (laughs) I definitely would not have bought it because, well, maybe, I don't know. Okay, okay, we have talked enough about Pokemon, actually Pokemon Go. So there was a Squirtle event that happened last weekend, caught a thousand candies worth of Squirtles. Oh my god. That that is unholy, dude. That's unholy. That is that was ridiculous. And this weekend, uh, it's Lugia. Lugia is uh, invading all weekend. So Regi, step aside. Uh, right now, my fiance actually went out in my place with my phone to catch her or capture some Lugias for me because you know 
wedding goals, baby. That, that, that's that's why I put a ring on it. Respect for that. <laughs> and in fact, I'm, I'm pretty well aware that she just got home like right now, so she's within earshot. So nice. you know, I'm hoping you know You're that decides what brownie. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Some brownie points. Smart. But yes. Anyways, no more Pokemon. Let's go into the topic of the show because news has been slow. We could talk about news, but it'd be boring. Topic of the show: games we have played over 100 hours of. Wow, we. This is the 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 topic where it's the game where you just you played and grinded it so hard that you you don't even realize you hit a hundred hours until you realize you know you looked at the save file and you're like oh my lord what have I done <laughs> what have I done what have I become <laughs> <sighs> Cam what is the first do you remember the very first game that you probably would have put in over a hundred hours in very first Pokemon Blue version really uh, yep yeah probably the same for me actually. It would have been Pokemon Yellow, which was my first one. But since you couldn't do the missing no glitch and everybody else was just shooting far ahead and giving themselves level 100, uh, you know, I realized that I was miserable and people kept blowing my Pokemon up. So I got Pokemon Blue later. And then, you know, that's where I put a lot of time. Oh, yeah. But but we uh, I was hoping that the three of us could uh, pick up three games that we've played over 100 hours of. Joey, can you tell us all three of your games? <laughs> Oh god. It could be the same game. It's okay. Three. Warframe, Warframe, and uh Warframe. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Real twist there at the end. Like, yeah, wow. Is that the game of the year uh, edition for the third one? Yeah, you know, I think so. I think so. But uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I, I've never actually had a game that had you know had that much content that's like a hundred hours. Like I've played um, way too many hours in some Assassin's Creed games, playing all the side quests and, you know, getting all collecting all the collectibles and, you know, but a hundred hours like that's yeah. a lot. Yeah, like a, a, a good game to me has 10 to 15 hours. Uh, you know, a standard RPG to me is, you know, 40 to 60. But there are those just some of those games where you managed to sink over a hundred freaking hours into it. Uh for myself, a good example would probably be Terraria. Terraria mm. is a game that I've sunk in, and I looked it up uh, somewhere around 756 hours into it. Nice. Which what? is a lot. Yes. Like, no kidding. I I would put an average of probably 60 to 80 hours into a single play before I was done for that year. But we would keep doing it over and over and over. And it's like, it's ridiculous how much time I would have put into that simple game. Another good example of Go ahead, go ahead. Side scroller? Like it, I, I'm it, trying to think of my ter- Terraria my is game? a 2D Minecrafting game. And yes, I've sunk in over 700 uh hours into this game, no questions asked. It, it, it was incredibly easy. And quite frankly, still not burnt out. I've been thinking about whether or not to start a new game and try to invite some people. Wow. Another good game of mine. I'm gonna have to try. Probably uh you could pick, you know, between the two. Either RuneScape for when I was a child or World of Warcraft as an adult, because I, I think I mentioned on here on the podcast, I don't measure how much I played in hours with World of Warcraft. I do in days because <laughs> I, I it, you know, you can do like forward slash played and it's like you played for 27 days, 16 hours and 57 minutes. And I'm like, I don't know what that translates into. I think that's a lot. In fact, though, Too much. that's not good. That is not good. Uh, that's two of mine, Cam. What's a game that you've played over 100 hours in? All right. So I was making the list earlier and yeah, I, have 30, I have 35 games I've put over 100 hours into. 35 <laughs> games. Oh, my Good Lord. Lord. Among those, <laughs> How many of those were at Pokemon? Uh, so only about seven, I'd say. 
maybe six or seven. Yeah. But uh, yeah, among those, I'd say the, the top, the very top, and there's three of them that breach over a thousand hours. And those are probably, looks like, just looking here, probably Gary's Mod. So Gary's Mod. Really? Is, yep. No, yeah. Over a thousand no, hours. I can see Gary's why. Mod. Yep. The thing is, it's right. It's a creation game. It's a sandbox creation game. So, you know, my friends had owned servers and like probably every day after school, uh, between late middle school, early high school, we would get on, play for like four hours every day and just, mm. you know, hijinks, create stuff, try and arms race each other to making a stronger, you know, vehicle, a new design, something like that. So it was more crazier bad. and funnier, but, you know, the other one. Yep. And then also a thousand hours or so in RuneScape, over a thousand definitely in RuneScape. Also, oh, yeah. you know, elementary school on, been playing that up until about 2011. I'd say I played that uh, pretty consistently. And just, just you know, like I said, I'm a big RPG guy. So anything with stats that I can increase, anything with items I can gather. The numbers go up. Yeah. It's a joyous occasion. And for me, inventories I can manage. That's the really scary thing for me is if I can manage an inventory, oh. it's like, whew, I love it. So I, love nice. it. I don't know why I love it, but I love it. And, and yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, yikes there. I'd say the other thousand hour, probably not at a thousand, but maybe close, like right around 900 or something like that. It's probably Dota 2. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's more recent, though. Everything else is like lower than that, but all in the, you know, 300s, 200s, 100s, pretty much. I would say for League of Legends, there's no actual biometric to how many hours you played versus how much you spent, which I'm more than happy to mention to you if you look, don't look. Don't ever look. Uh, League of Legends, I probably only put like maybe three, four hundred hours in, but it, it's it's definitely out there. Uh, I would say the three potential games I put over a thousand hours in would probably be RuneScape, World of Warcraft, and Minecraft. Yeah, I'm my, close like Minecraft does not measure, you know, unless you're playing the Xbox version or the PlayStation version, maybe. But that is definitely a game that you know I played for hours and hours and days and days, you know, just wild long bursts with friends. Mm-hmm. And that was much, much sooner than Terraria. So Minecraft definitely is going to be the big hitter up there. And, you know, for good reason. Yeah, I don't know the number of hours for me. We picked up my buddies and I actually picked up Minecraft when it was still like coming out of InDev back in yes. 2009, 2010. Uh, mm-hmm. So we were very early on for it. And we played it. We played it right up until probably 2013, 2014. But, you know, three servers. We were on three servers. We had our own server at one point, you know, made many towns, many iterations of towns, played Pixelmon a ton, which is a Pokemon mod for it. Where yep. You can just catch Pokemon in the world. So, yeah, that's probably up there. I don't think it breaches a thousand, but maybe in the five, six hundred, seven hundred, maybe. I'm pretty confident that I'm well past a thousand, but I would say probably about two, three hundred of that is just vanilla. But the big one, the the humongous one, is like I won't play Minecraft now unless there's this mod, and that is Tech It. Mm-hmm. I, I love oh, right, Tech right. It. Like the technology mod, the idea instead of using a stone furnace, I can use a you know steel induction furnace or something like that. Mm-hmm. Who needs the mine when you can put quarries in for you and does the digging for you? How are you going to power it? The sun. <laughs> and it's like making a high voltage solar array could take anywhere up to two weeks just to make one your very first one it takes forever but once you get that first one things uh, increase exponentially things get a little bit crazy suddenly you're making a factory under your house that is now making solar arrays for you by you know its own clockwork you're not doing the work it's suddenly doing itself now that was actually my best friend that did that because one day i, I dug a hole in the ground all of a sudden i accidentally fell into his whole factory yeah. that looked like you imagine the dun 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 dun, dun, dun just pipes moving everywhere i'm like what the <laughs> heck is this and he's like 
uh i'm making solar rays legitly so you know looking at that chest and you know shows me the chest i'm like oh my god this is how do you do this show me i think some of the best times in minecraft is when you're playing with friends and this is something i feel like happens to everybody you always have that one friend who's a little more extreme and so i had so many scenarios where i like build my house underground kind of away from everybody else because i wanted to have my own you know place to mine right and i dig like oh something's shaking and uh, I would dig like two blocks, two blocks down maybe, and I'd break through into an enormous cavern my friend had dug out a, like under my house where he has a whole operation going. And I was like, you know, he was hiding it from me and he'd just be like, dude, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> Dude, my cavern. What the heck, man? Yeah. Let me <laughs> just pull it out blocks into my house. Like, It's funny because uh, my friend Brandon had the factory going on. I didn't tell him what I was doing until it was too late. I was building a nuclear reactor. <laughs> And uh, as it turns out, Obsidian doesn't have the actual strength of a nuclear reactor explosion. And it did, in fact, you know, <laughs> destroy the entire village that we had made. And fun, uh, fun. yeah, we, we had to go to a uh, mod and have it reset the entire area. Just, uh, you know, because uh, have you ever messed with a nuclear reactor in uh, Tekkit? No, so it, my, a buddy of mine actually mods for Minecraft and is pretty successful at that. And I think he actually works on making uh, he's worked before on making tech it compatible with other mods i'm pretty sure yeah. but uh yeah he likes to run those sort of servers but i never really played on those i was either vanilla or pixelmon mainly it's funny because yeah it'll, you can put a monitor on it to let you know like uh, what's going on here and suddenly it's like saying it's a bajillion degrees all of a sudden it's spitting out an after waste that is melting through any block below it like it is destroying bedrock and then once it breaks past that point suddenly the you know the game just lags for a solid 15 20 seconds and then when you you know respawn you realize there is a you know seven eight hundred block radius of a crater where your entire place was it's <laughs> it's devastating like it's awesome but devastating and quite frankly it was too much hassle honestly it wasn't worth the energy solar is where it's at is there any other games that you would uh definitely recommend that uh has a solid hundred hours in uh, yeah like i said i mean anything i have 35 things here so it's really hard to pick because a lot of this was thing was i was an only child growing up right so a lot of it was poor thing like yeah single player games surprisingly you can put in over 100 hours no problem but uh, what i'm noticing is that looking at my list here only i think seven of them are actually not rpgs and the ones that aren't rpgs are multiplayer so if you're going to put 100 hours into something, in my case, it looks like usually an RPG, sometimes a card game. I know Pokemon TCG for Game Boy is here. Oh, uh, yeah. Eternal Duelist Soul is here as well. For is- the Game Boy Advance? Yeah. Or yeah, that too. Uh, the Game Boy Advance one. Nice. Yep, that's on there too. So yeah, I'd say it looks a lot like multiplayer games mainly or RPGs. Really, things that have progression, make the numbers go bigger, seems to be a common uh, thread here, I would say. Right. So what we can tell so far is games that we play for over 100 hours, numbers go up. Mm-hmm. We like that. It requires often, you know, time grinds and really has uh, either heavy RPG mechanics to tie within that. Or more importantly, I'd like to think is uh, multiplayer mechanics. Yep. Yep. Because uh, the game can't get boring as long as your friends remain entertaining. Yep. I mean, the game can still get boring, but it's like, you know, Gary's mod is easy enough to say, if you're bored with what's going on right now with your friends, you can change that fairly quickly. So it's kind of hard oh, yeah. to goof that up. And I think, too, like the only just looking at the list, the only things I have here that aren't any sort of, you know, any like any competitive game. The only competitive games I have on here really are Dota 2, TF2 and Battlefield 2 and 4-2. That's it. 
You know what I mean? So you can definitely sink hundreds of hours into that sort of game. And many people do. It's probably just because of my preferences. But primarily these games are. And, you know, same thing I would say for you, Joey, with Warframe, where it's the numbers are getting bigger. There's uh, some multiplayer aspects as well. And it's a lot of time grind. You know, you can put in the time. You can see the numbers get big. This is actually very comparable to the most recent one that I put over 100 hours in was Monster Hunter World where it was the same sort of thing. Repetitive hunts, numbers get bigger, grind for new armor, to grind for new armor, to grind for new armor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I actually and, forgot a game. Oh, what do you oh, got? Oh, it was, do it. Uh, Drop it. <laughs> it was a DC Universe Online. Oh, okay. Wait, the yeah, phone game? I, no, no, it was on PS3, and I think they it was on PC. I think it's still on PC. Did they? I think they brought it to Xbox. I'm not sure. It was on PS3 and it's on PS4. Okay. Um, I forgot. Well, how do you describe that? It's a. Uh, Is it an MMO? Because it sounds like yeah. A, yeah, it's an MMORPG. Yeah, you create your own hero or villain, and um, yeah, you go on missions. You do co-op missions. I put in so many hours on that across different characters. Uh, I even got into that. I got my dad back into that back in the day. So then it was, you know, nice time. So that's good. Yeah. I definitely put a whole bunch of hours in that. That was a long time ago. That's why I slipped my mind. I was there my um, PS3 days. So mm-hmm. I used to spend hours and hours and hours and hours. Uh, I yeah. guess I got a couple questions to shoot for you guys. What games, and it doesn't have to be 100 hours, it could be 40, 50 hours. What games that you've played that you sunk in so many hours into would not have ever happened if it wasn't for the fact that you had a group of friends playing that game with you? Yeah, yeah. So for me, that would be definitely uh, definitely Gary's Mod, Team Fortress 2, Battlefield 2142 for me. It's like that. They're they're required essentially. Like for me, uh, I could play a lot of Terraria by myself, but that game is magic once you get you know two or three people playing together. Same with you know Minecraft. You can play Minecraft by yourself if you're feeling creative, but yeah. it's much more fun knowing that there's somebody behind you planning T or you know TNT in your house. And you know <laughs> there's other games like uh, Diablo Three. You could totally play by yourself. You can do risk by yourself all day and half the morning. You could, but you could still have so much more fun just playing with random strangers or even with, you know, your friends, more importantly. And, and there's just some games I will not play. I, I could play by myself, but I won't. Like uh, League of Legends, I will not play by myself. I, I, I can't play by myself because I get so self-conscious. And it's like if I, if I got, it's not even four or 5v5 at that point. It feels often like 1v9 where everybody, even your own teammates are against you. And you're playing with a bunch of grimers because they're so toxic. Yeah, you don't want see it's a thing, especially with those MOBAs. Like I would not queue up for human versus human matches unless I had my four friends with me. No way. Right. Yeah. yeah totally right too. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, a friend had me play on Friday. It's like, hey, you want to play League of Legends? I'm like, I guess I'm not gonna be good. And he's like, who cares? Who cares? We're having fun. And it's like once that that whole atmosphere of uh, you know, gotta be serious with each other, it's out the window. Screw up. Who cares? I accidentally shot my out backwards. Oh well, lol. You drank too much Everclear. Uh, true story anyways uh any final thoughts about uh games we played over 100 hours on uh any questions of your own i I would say one thing actually i think a big part of it too is like beyond the numbers beyond the friends i think that a big important aspect too is a game that you can play with your friends but also that you can play alone i think the the dual aspect is what's important especially when there's a bit of competition where uh, your friends are both grinding for the same thing you can play together and Mm. sometimes on a team but you're also like oh i can go on the side here and get a little bit ahead of my friend that little competition i think is also super helpful something that can enable you to play both on your own and with people 
I think that's uh, Pokemon for me specifically. Like, you don't play as much with friends so much as, you know, you just battle it once in a while. But, mm-hmm. like, once I, oh, excuse me, once I hit, beat the game, my main goal is to build a team that I know I can beat my super competitive friends over the thing. And so, for the sake of multiplayer, I'm spending hours upon hours, single player essentially, just cooking up trying to get better because I want to show off my stuff. And, you know, I want numbers to go up and then I want their numbers to go down. And so, uh, <laughs> like, I'm trying to think of other games I've played like maybe pokemon trading card game mm, online yeah. is another one where you know in real life and both in the game uh you spend a lot of time with yourself or with the computer you know trying to build this perfect deck that makes you happy but then you're doing that for the sole reason of going against other people or with people uh i guess uh that's what i'm trying to th- i guess the i had a second question which uh joey brought it up is there a game that you played a lot that you uh, end up convincing somebody to join you specifically so you could have uh, a friend play with you Ooh. Ooh, let's see. I'm looking through the list here. Uh, usually, usually it was my friends who were telling me to get the games. I usually wasn't the one because I'd play single player stuff and they'd be like, hey, Cam, we're getting this game. Everybody's getting it. You should get it, too. And I'm like, OK, so n- I don't think any of them I was the start on. I don't think I was the start on any of them. No, I think yeah, uh, I was I was like that for Terraria. Definitely. Like there were some people who are like, hey, you want to you know, play League of Legends? I'm like, heck no, I'm playing the best game of all time. And that is Terraria. And it's like, you know what, friend, I'll buy you this game. Let's play together. And, you know, what I, I have that weird habit with Terraria. I'll usually have a, it used to have a, a copy of it in my inventory. I could give it gifted to somebody and buy another one just in case, you know, spread the good word of our faith, Terraria. <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, are you logic and all that? But uh, I'm trying to think of any other games. That's not how it's Warframe. <laughs> Sounds like me, Warframe. I'm always trying to convince people to get on there. Yeah. Oh, man. And the thing is, it's free, too, so it's super accessible. They totally can. Yeah. yeah. I was like that also with Mass Effect 3, uh, that multiplayer. I don't know. I was hooked for a while. Just yeah, that was constantly nice. running the missions, mm-hmm. getting those boxes, trying to get the new stuff. So I also got my dad on that one back in the day. So we were running those missions constantly. So it was that DC uh dc universe online and um yeah and just pretty much warframe and also destiny when i used to play that a lot but yeah hmm. i actually have a question that's slightly off topic but uh my interest was peaked earlier sure you will allow me to it's a question for joey here mm-hmm. so earlier you mentioned your ps3 days and i really like console history i really like consoles and the different game consoles and such like that so what i want to hear is so what when did you get your ps3 what kind of informed the decision to get your ps3 like what's the story there because especially if it's was it early on or later on like let's hear i want to hear it oh it was definitely later on um i got my ps3 around 2011 okay so i i was pretty much just going back and playing um like all the games that i missed out on when i really missed because i mean i was playing when I wasn't playing PS3, I was catching up on so many games on PS2 and there's that library is huge. So mm-hmm. um, like the main reason to even get a PS3 was to continue the series, the, the game series that, you know, ended on PS2 and then they moved over to PS3. So continuing Ratchet and Clank and God of War. And so I, I was just running through all those, started up Assassin's Creed and got addicted and <laughs> just kept playing that um, infamous uncharted you know all the the yeah, great yeah. series and oh yeah 
2011 too actually was probably one of the best years to buy a PS3 because uh, PS3 was actually just like the console history wasn't doing very well at the very start. They didn't have a oh, lot yeah. of games. It was incredibly expensive. But around mm. 2010, they started making a ton of exclusives, like everything that uh, you can think of practically started coming out then. That's when like the newer God of Wars were. That's when Uncharted was. That's when, you know, a lot started getting in there. So probably one of the best years to buy it. It's cool stuff. Oh, yeah. And then I, I got a crazy bundle. It was uh, it came with two games. Uh, it was like a one sixty gigabyte for it was like Black Friday. I think it was like two hundred. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, it, deal. it was. Yeah, it was a crazy good deal. So, did you continue that into PS4, or did you go for an Xbox One instead, or did you do both? Or I have a lot, I kind of cycled because I had a PS4. I played that for a while. I played the games that I wanted to play at the time. It's like it kind of went to like a dry phase for me. I ended up selling the PS4, thinking I'm about to go PC gamer. Mm-hmm. Um, things came up. I had to sell it. I had to move. So, like, uh, the money went toward that. Yeah. Ended up getting an Xbox. That's what I game on uh, mostly right now. So, I've just been trying to run through the exclusives on there. Nice, nice. You I know, like it's that sort of stuff. So, I had to ask. <laughs> I'll say, uh, on a similar note, I don't mean the hijack. Uh, the answering your question but it is interesting because my experience with the uh playstation 3 is uh kind of similar and unique but it's no it's actually just very unique i uh i got to play the playstation 3 like the day it came out but oh, i didn't get to own it uh because uh at that point <laughs> yes uh the price point of it being 5.99 at the time it came out in november of 2006 mm. uh within a week of each other uh my best friend at the time nick and still the best friend to this day had uh bought the playstation 3 or rather his uh, mom did because there's no way a high schooler could afford that kind of nonsense and then like eight days later i think it was on the 11th and the 19th the nintendo Wii came out which is what i got but i didn't get to get that or i didn't get that until months later just because you know high school, i couldn't afford it you know? yeah it's definitely a shortage because mm-hmm. there's a point where my grandma's like okay we'll get it as soon as you can find one and i'm like calling every <laughs> single you know no store and like do you yeah. have it but uh yeah being able to see it because a 600 dollar console was just a foreign concept to me because i always got things either very discounted because they were a generation behind or you know very you know dirt cheap or free yeah but seeing this console for the first time it was it was mesmerizing and by god did he glorify that thing (laughs) he glorified it so hard like this is the next generation of gaming (laughs) for the next 10 years sony told me so and it's like i believed him but at the same time he had a a Wii on a different tv and it's like i kind of want to watch him play the Wii. you got twilight princess yeah twilight princess is a big thing right now i like zelda i never touched it before can you play twilight no we're gonna play resistance i'm like (laughs) okay (laughs) i was gonna say your only options at that point are mag and resistance like let's be real my uh, buddy picked up a PS3 at launch just because he was a family of three boys, all at game playing age. So they all just mm. got one, right? Between all of them, it was like, okay, this makes sense. You know, each about $200, yada, yada. So the fun thing, the original PS3 is actually just a space heater. You can cook eggs on it. it yes, you could. It gives off so much heat that you can heat a room with it. So, yes, you know, you it became, I remember just being sweaty in like bedrooms trying to play resistance with my friends, stuff like that. But yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> that's launch launch PS, PS3 was a time. I'll say that much. It was definitely a time. There was a joke that I had. Uh, it wasn't a joke. It was a true story, but it was funny. Uh, he had a uh, like a 45 plasma or 45 inch plasma TV, a Sony TV. Wow. It was, you know, it was flat screen, but it was that still about did. four inches wow. thick. And it outputted heat like a son of a gun. Yeah, and would. you'd play games, you know, for hours on the PS3 and in this TV 
in this closed room that was about the size of a very large closet. It would probably get somewhere in the high 90s. And we would open the door and the air pressure change. We could feel a wind in a a closed window house with how hot it was in there. It's just whoosh, like, oh my gosh, it's air conditioned in here. It's like, no, it's <laughs> it's just 75 in here. I'm like, it feels so good. Why do we keep closing this door? And yeah, during the winters, you know, we didn't need heating. We just yeah. closed the door and we were good Turn on the PS3. <laughs> oh, man. That sounds it, rough. <laughs> it's an unfortunate by factor is, you know, the extreme amount of heat that came out of those suckers. But, you know, it held up. It didn't cook itself. I was no, it didn't say, uh, bring a death. It yeah, funny usually. story. Funny well, story true. for me too, because uh, considering considering what I talk about and stuff, I actually didn't play the PS3 at all, but I had one. So my mom got the PS3 because it was a Blu-ray player that was pretty cheap, Ooh. and she knew I liked games. I honestly, we got a PS3 in maybe 2007, 2006. I didn't play it. I played it maybe eight hours until 2011. It, it stinks because. Uh, <laughs> Touch it until I like until 2011, 2012, because that's when I got back into console gaming. So until then, it just sat there doing nothing. Oh, my I mom mean, picked it more than I did. <laughs> before I touched the PlayStation 3, before that, my main console of choice was the PlayStation 2 and the GameCube. Yeah. And so this also kind of ruined my love or my enjoyment of shooters. I think that's why I don't like touching them as much. Is uh during this time, like I said, he wanted to play Resistance. Mm-hmm. He had no one else to play it with, and you know. His sister loved playing the Wii, and he loved playing the PS3 that he just got. I can't blame him. So he gets me to play Resistance with him in co-op. However, and I, I feel like a, such a freaking idiot, he picks what is called the superhuman difficulty. I'm like, what is that? And he's like, oh, it's uh, it's a, a level below easy just to make sure that you get along with it. And he just <laughs> drags me like a puppy on a leash from a car going 30 miles an hour through this horrific very very difficult game he's like tyler you gotta be here you know just stay right behind me you know make sure you pull out the auger and do this right here and i've never gotten so upset at somebody trying to just drag me through a game so he could get a freaking trophy it was miserable and i hated shooters so much after that like even halo couldn't get me out of that yikes he's that traumatizing huh it was like for me i like i still remember to this day superhuman it's like oh i had a very quaint and happy resistance co-op experience to the contrary i'm glad (laughs) i mean if we played on normal i'm happy with normal i don't know why he needed to play superhuman but he felt he needed the challenge and having somebody whose closest thing to having a shooter game was metroid prime for the gamecube i was not gonna be able to keep up i'm not good at it as it turns out i was terrible but uh that's me ranting i do okay in shooters it's just I, i can't get the enjoyment that most people would I don't know why. Maybe I look at the the crosshairs and all of a sudden I get video game PTSD and it's like I see flashbacks of uh, those uh, alien dudes with the six eyes staring at me and the red screen and having Nick shout at me. Why didn't you throw a grenade? <laughs> and it's like I don't, I don't know, Daddy. I did, you know. Then I get, you know, eighty nine out of a hundred on Fortnite. And it's like, okay, that that's wow. how this works. You know, anyways, that, that story. I think it, I think it made me want to play Resistance just a little bit less. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's okay. I'm, I'm not here to uh, convince you. Yeah, they were, they were okay. <laughs> they were all right. They did uh, good. <laughs> oh, I enjoyed the rough. third one. There's the a Vita exclusive one. one. You know, the PlayStation Vita is a really great system for us. <laughs> No, okay. The Vita's a great system. That game is terrible, though. I'm sorry. I can't even. I'm crapping really? on that. Really? I heard good, game, uh, good things about that game. 
It has, I think it was the fact, wasn't that the game? I could be getting it mixed up. There was one game that had like a Diablo 3 style perspective where it was just from the sky looking down on a fixed camera. Was that not uh, Resistance or was Resistance actually like looking around shooting? Because I've never played the one on the Vita. Resistance is looking around and shooting, but the Vita one, Fall of Man, I think it's called. I don't know what type of game it is. I would assume it's a, I think it's a first person shooter. It makes sense. It's either that or Killzone had a forced perspective. And I was like, oh, I don't want to. Killzone was a first person shooter because Killzone is still the best example of a shooter on the Vita. What the heck game am I thinking about then? Screw it. It's a Vita game. It's dead anyway. So I'm not going to be trudging it back up. (laughs) No, it's alive. Love it. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Maybe if Nick was here to support you, it ain't going to happen though. I got more on the way. Yeah, I bet. Uh, <laughs> games releasing this week or already released. Uh, we definitely have games that came out. The big names we got 20XX, yep. which I watched quite a bit of. It's actually very entertaining, but also a very blatant, straight off the cuff, no sneezing at it, rip off, homage, whatever you want to call it, of Mega Man. It's totally, yeah. it's real 63 Mega Man. I'm not, it, it is. It's, it's called, Mega Man. It's called 20XX. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, um, Octopath Traveler also came out this week, which you know Gamma's playing quite a bit. I was I'm actually trying- switch right now. I'm like, just a second. I was trying to convince right myself to get Captain Toad Treasure Tracker so hard, but like I watched a bit of it for the uh, uh, what's it called, the UE or something like that. Uh, Stop! Stop! Uh. <laughs> But I just couldn't get into it because it feels like a Mario Odyssey level that's in the size of your palm. It's like you're you're giving tiny worlds, little baby worlds that you only spend a little bit of time on versus big sprawling masses that would get in Mario Odyssey. It just it turned me off immediately when I saw that. I'm like, I don't don't want to play on a tiny Rubik's Cube world where I'm going to be doing something Mm -hmm. like even Mario Galaxy had some expansion on it, but it had the similar concept. But that's whatever. I thought Uh, it was a puzzle game. Uh, Captain Toad? Yeah, I, well, that's what I thought. It definitely it has yeah, yeah, puzzle yeah. mechanics. It's mm-hmm. a puzzle platformer, for sure. Yep. But oh, okay. it just, I don't like the bite-sized mechanic to it. I, it just doesn't interest me. I want to have 100 puzzles in a little giant mile-wide expansion. As it turns out, yeah. that's a good thing. I really liked it. Uh, games coming out this week, uh, Adventure Time, Pirates of the in- Encheridon? Encheridion? I think it is. Uh, the what now? Encheridion, I think it is. Bless you. Coming out on PS4, <laughs> Xbox One, Switch, PC, July 17th. Also coming out uh, for the Switch is Hand of Fate 2. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sonic Mania Plus, which I have mixed feelings on that because uh, I'm not sure like how much more that is compared to the original Sonic Mania. I did like Sonic Mania, but I don't know what Plus is. Do you know what Plus is? Yeah, so Plus adds a couple new characters actually coming from the original Sega Sonic arcade game. And then also some new levels and things like that. But the thing that really got me was I, you know, I like physicals and this has a physical and I bought Sonic Mania at launch digital. So I'm like, oh, like, no, I was so I could have just waited. I could have just waited. So that bumped me out a little bit, but it's an amazing game. So, okay. Uh, Another game is Mother Gunship. Yep. Do we know what that is? Yeah, so that's a, if I remember correctly, it's like a first-person, it's a first-person roguelike shooter, bullet hell. There's a lot of things going on there. It's kind of like we were talking a little bit, I actually think it has a similar mechanic to 20XX, where using different elements, it generates random dungeons, basically, but not a dungeon in this case, a random level. And uh, it has, you know, it's a first-person shooter with bullet hell aspects, so. Okay, okay. Uh, Pool Panic. Yeah. Which is interesting, coming out for Switch and PC, was that, I mean... It's uh, maybe not a red flag, but it just seems kind of weird. Uh, I'm scared maybe, of this yeah. game. I'm scared of this Steam game. the Switch port? Or no, port? 
terrified of this game. You so think actually, this is Sinran Kagura Peach Beach Splasher? No, no, that's a great game. Better Splatoon, but uh, oh no, oh, <laughs> but uh, uh, what's it called now? So Pool Panic, Pool Panic. See, look, he's dying because my joke was so good. Uh, Pool Panic it was a really hectic game. I I saw it at PAX East. And I also saw it on a few Switch advertisements before, too. And the idea is the entire, like, game is a pool board or the entire level is a pool board. But there's just so much going on that I I was actually intimidated by it. I was like, no, 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 no. There's too much going on on screen. I don't want to have to deal with that. But it is overbearing. It is literally Pool Panic. The name implies correctly. I'll say that much. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Banner Saga 3? Yeah. Wow. This is a big one, actually. This is a really big one. Yeah, okay, I'm sure, I'll get a Banner Saga 3. Yeah. Uh, Banner Saga is a really, really interesting series of hand drawn uh, tactical RPGs. So think Fire Emblem almost, like grid based, where you move around, attack, and stuff like that. But a very you know expansive story, character deaths carry between all the games. A fairly big game. I would even say it's an indie developer, but they're really getting to that not indie territory where it becomes so popular. It stops. It's kind of just becomes a big game. And yeah, Banner Saga 3, same hand-drawn art style carrying on. I played a little bit of this at PAX East. Uh, good as always. I'll say that much. Okay. Uh, this one I definitely know. Mega Man X Legacy Collection uh, Part 1 and Part 2, both coming yeah. out on the 24th of July. Uh, coming out for PS4, the 1, the X, whatever you call it. The Switch bone. and PC. The X-Bone. The Bone X. The X- X-Bone. <laughs> <laughs> uh... uh Good games. Uh, I believe they originally weren't they coming out on the 3DS before. So no, there's there's like 30 different Mega Man Legacy collections, and the reason why I'm always mad is because they still haven't just put all the games on one cartridge, which just is one giant mega easy, collection. Very easy to do. They're not big. So just so you guys know, this is a fun fact: NES games, the size, the file size on NES games are less than a megabyte. They're like 300 kilobytes, if even. Mm-hmm. So like you could fit those all on one standard cartridge, no problem. Even all the X games, even beyond that, it's just a matter of they get to sell more copies this way. And I'm Random. always disappointed because I want it all one place this is like me just triggering my add but uh random fun fact for you that's partially correlated the uh the sega chant from sonic the hedgehog mm-hmm. was uh so not compressed to save space that it was actually more uh it took up more space than about five or six of the entire levels <laughs> and music combined so it, that's how compressed the entire game was but the person in charge of uh producing sonic wanted to make sure that sega was so well you know sounding good that yeah they made it i think i it was like a quarter of the file mm-hmm. oh the yeah no, game. it's it's worse these days it is actually worse these days the sound the size of the really? audio yeah have you ever considered why games are 60 gigabytes 100 gigabytes these days and why that happens because everything's completely see. uncompressed yep and it's mostly the audio it's the different audio tracks usually if it's dual audio right if it's japanese slash english dub then you have mm-hmm. two audio tracks uncompressed good example i think was titanfall the original titanfall i think was 80 to 100 gigs and 60 or 40 i forget if it was 40 or 60 of it was just audio just uncompressed mm-hmm. audio yep the actual games themselves not not so big Pretty impressive yeah uh i i don't take too much pleasure saying this one uh no man's sky Mm-hmm. apparently does not want to stay on the uh, PlayStation 4 exclusively. Yeah. So it's coming out for the Xbox One this 24th of July, people. Oh, can't wait. Now. It's a better game now. They fixed a it lot. It is. Yep. Wait, is this Necrotron 3000 right now? Am I just losing it? 
Yeah, we had a little connection problem there. Okay. Really uh, Joey, I was voice uh, tuned though. Yeah, like I said, Joey, unfortunately, your internet was kind of poofy there for uh, the connection. Yeah, it's better now. So they, they added they added some multiplayer, so they added a bunch better. of features, they added like actual stuff to do in the game. So it's not just an endless sort of, you know, plug yourself and uh, in and mine things and get resources. So it is a much better game now. They did eventually make the promise. So Yeah, maybe not Ubisoft level. Actually, I probably went further than that to try to redeem it, but a lot of redemption there. <laughs> yeah, a lot of redemption. Uh train sim world for the PS4 X Bone PC also on the twenty fourth. Yep, train so, simulator. <laughs> if you love train simulator, you know, this is pretty much where you'll get it. If you're German, this is where you get it. Just so you guys know, yeah, fun statistic. Did you know that Germany as a whole adores all the simulator games? Like agricultural, farm simulator, train oh, yeah. simulator. Aren't they in charge of making all of it? So I don't know what it is. Just if you look at German game stores, there's just shelves upon shelves of them. The statistics are ridiculous. Like just Germans en masse buy the simulator games. It's impressive why they, you know, appreciate simulated games. But, you know, I guess uh, the big question is why? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Why them in particular? I mean, it seems like we'd get into it too, but they're they're heavily fascinated with it or they're just doing a heck of a marketing appeal for it. Yeah, uh, all right. I guess that is it for the main show. I guess uh, this is where we start doing wrap up. All right. Oh, boy. Uh, usually we let, oh, we usually let Nick do the first part for St. Jude's here. However, he is not here, Cam. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, is there anything we can do to fix that? Yeah, maybe. I think, I think we uh, created something for this purpose, actually. <laughs> so, I mean, Nick was... Nick's away. So, you know, Canadian, but Nick's away. He's in America right now. So we, we did make a replacement and we have the Nicotron 3000, I think it was. Yes, the Nicotron 3000 uh, took a lot of work. Uh, he, I'm currently wearing the uh, the headpiece for it to represent yep. uh, Canadian culture. Yep. yep. I'm wearing it like a crown and I'm breaking into a heavy sweat, what, or sweat right now with my uh, Bob, what is it, a bobsled hat? I don't even know what to call this thing. <laughs> the thing, the <laughs> Iron Bill hat. Like... <laughs> And so uh, I'm going to initiate the uh, Nicotron 3000 robot to uh, try to do the best to talk. All right. Uh, let's see again. Eight, five, four, three, two, activating. Hello, fellow humans. This is Nicotron 3000. I am here to give you the video game wrap up news. I love Destiny 2. It is a game. I am yeah. quickly going to mention St. Jude's. If you could go to guardiancon.co, you could donate money. It is happening right now. People are having so much fun. My master is currently there, enjoying the company of others, but he cannot find Pokemon on Pokemon Go. It is sad. However, what is not sad is the fact there are children out there fighting cancer every day. And so if you could donate a dollar or more, they would be very appreciative. However, if you don't, then I suppose that you suck. And that you support the fight, or sorry, support cancer. Yeah. Wait, yeah. I do not apologize. I'm a robot. Gur, er, gur, gur, gur. Gur, gur. Are we really doing that? Don't forget to play Destiny 2, for it is the best game, the best game. Anyways, uh, thank you, Nicotron3000. <laughs> it was nice having you here. I hope you uh, enjoyed yourself. Oh, man. I really hope we can have you come back sometime in the near future. It was my pleasure. Uh, okay, thank you. Anyways, uh, you can find me on Twitter at two times Tyler. Joey, where can we find you? 
can find me uh, on Twitter over Skyward King. At Skyward King on Twitter, where you shall enjoy all of my beautiful delicacies. I'm still having a. There's still a bit of a connection problem, so I got that too. I'm just going to restate it just so everybody can hear because there was some connection to internet stuff. But you're Absolutely. at Skyward King on Twitter. Yes. Gotcha. At gotcha. Skyward King. And I'm going to friend you right confirm. now. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you can, like I said, you can find me at two times uh, Tyler. Cam, where can you find yourself at? All right, I got the whole spiel. You can find me at Cam Collects on Twitter. I also stream twice a week. So once Monday night, 7 p.m. EST, and once Friday afternoon at 4 p.m. EST. On Mondays, we do Pokemon Emerald Randomized. On Friday, we're doing Sega Master System games, playing for the first time. We played Shinobi uh, this Friday. That was oh, no. not a great time. I'm, I'm actually... Terrible. To the point, I'm not happy with the content of it. To the point, I might actually stream tomorrow just to get it out of the first stream spot because it's the first video on the channel. Just I don't want burn that. it. Just burn Kill it. it. Just burn it. Get it out of there. Uh, yeah, besides that, if you want to check out my other podcast I produce, you can find that at intothevideogame.com. And uh, we actually, the last episode that was out last week, we talked a lot about a big controversy that's been going on in the industry recently with some firings uh, from ArenaNet regarding some Guild Wars 2 Twitter fights that were going on. So we you know, tackled that controversy and a couple other things. We had a great story that we featured actually about uh, Slovakian gaming. Nice. A post-Soviet Union Slovakian gaming. So uh, a bunch of cool stuff over there you can find. But uh, that, that's where you can find me. That That's awesome. Uh, Nick Acharn 3000, could you uh, tell us where we can get Nick at? Why, certainly, I'd be more than happy to. You can find Nick's work over at LR Warrior 11. Also, check out his mixer, mixer.com slash LR Warrior 11. It's fantastic. Please watch it. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Nickotron 3000. <laughs> no problem. Anyways, uh, I think that's it. That was episode 10, people. We had a little fun there. And I think we had, uh, you know, it was a, a light topic conversation that we kind of dug in really deep in. So I think we're going to call it there. Uh, anything else, guys, before we you know, blast off again? I'm all set. Okay. Thank you guys for listening to the Casual Master Quest. I'm Tyler. He was Cam. He was Joey. And this was uh, you know, Nicotron 3000. And you know what, Nicotron 3000, can you uh, finish it up? Why, certainly. I would be more than happy to. Thank you for listening to Casual Master Quest. And don't forget to never stop the grind. Thank you very much, people. We'll talk to you later. I love you, Cam. Love you too, man. Find more of our work by searching for Casual Master Quest on iTunes, Google Play, and other podcast players. Check out what we'll be doing next week on Twitter at MasterQuestPod. Destroy all humans. Destroy all humans. No, Nicotron 3000, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. That is a bad thing. Bad. I'm sorry. I will be checking your emails happily. Good. Thank you. I'll get them one day.